0: Welcome to The Home Cook's Guide. I'm your host, Megan O'Donnell. I'm an above average home cook on a mission to help you elevate your everyday meals from ordinary to extraordinary. Aren't you tired of making the same boring meals every week? Well, I've got just the podcast for you. Every Monday episode will inspire you with new and diverse recipes. Together, we'll uncover the dish's rich history, we'll break down the ingredients, and talk through the step by step cooking process. Whether you're new to cooking or just looking for some weekly recipe inspo, this is the show for you. Be sure to follow on all social media platforms at The HCG Podcast for additional cooking inspo and show updates. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Welcome to The Home Cook's Guide. I'm your host, Megan O'Donnell. and today's episode, we will be making a dish that could only be described as a viral dish. And again, when I say viral, I mean this in a... This is just for like food losers, viral, like your dad doesn't know about this, your mom certainly doesn't know about this, but they will after you make it for them. If you are here, it means you've already read the title of this episode. This is shallot pasta made by the one and only Alison Roman, who is one of my favorite chefs. Shocker, I am a white girl from the East Coast and I like Alison Roman, who would have guessed? Anyways, she is known for making many quote-unquote viral dishes. She has the stew, the cookies. And is this considered the pasta? You be the judge, but it is not my pasta. Again, you have to be a little cocky to come in hot being like, this is the stew, the only stew in the world. These are the cookies. They are the only cookies that are meant to be made. I have made all of the items, and they are all delicious, don't get me wrong, but this pasta is not the pasta. I will be making my version of the pasta closer to the summertime because it's a zucchini-based pasta, so we need to be in peak season, honey. We are not We are not making a zucchini pasta in the off-season. We technically could, and it'll probably still be delicious based on, you know, the cooking process and, you know, my special touch, but we are not doing that yet. We are focusing on this shallot pasta, and again, as I just shit on it before, as not being the pasta, it's still an incredible, easy, affordable, and dare I say, not very unhealthy pasta. Pasta gets a bad rap. I am sick of it. I'm utterly sick of it. Pasta is delicious. Eat it within moderation. People are always like, I went to Italy and I actually lost weight. It's like, yeah, because the portion of a bowl of pasta in Italy is like the size of your fist. If you go to an Olive Garden here, you know, a plate of pasta is going to be 11,000 calories and basically a cup of cream is going to be on your pasta. Take a second when people start shitting on pasta. I'm looking at you, Charlie from Vanderpump Rules. That's a deep cut for any of my Vanderpump Rules lovers out there. If you know, you know anyways there are many viral dishes out there i have tried them all unfortunately i love them all i am not an elitist when it comes to food as long as it's good i will eat that is it it doesn't have to be from the coolest fanciest chef or whatever for me to make something for dinner as long as it's tasty easy affordable then i'm in so this pasta will be all of those things This dish comes together really quickly, mainly with pantry staples. Obviously, shallots are the main ingredient in this recipe. If you're new to cooking with shallots, then welcome to the freaking dark side. Because once you start cooking with shallots, you will fall in love with their sweetness, their elegance, their within the onion family. And we will get there. We will have our shallot talk very soon but they are within the garlic onion family the allium family which is a family that i want to join one day and they um and they just elevate dishes in a way that you don't really recognize until you start cooking with it they are more subtle than your regular onion so if you have a little bit of an onion issue maybe try cooking with the shallot when you have a little bit of trepidation about the food that you're going to be trying or something that you're hearing on this show Lean in. Give it a try. You never know. Whew, I'm off my soapbox, ladies and gentlemen. Anyways, if you want to get this exact recipe, go to Alison Roman's website. The link is in the show notes. She originally created this recipe for the New York Times, so it's on the New York Times website. It's also on their YouTube, but she pulled a Taylor Swift and did her own version after she split up with the New York Times. And so she has a video on her YouTube, which you could also find, as well as the recipe on her own personal site, as if this here podcast isn't enough so for this recipe again as i mentioned it's pantry heavy we love that here on the home cook's guide because there is nothing better than having dishes that are full of pantry staples to keep things affordable keep things easy and honestly sometimes you might find yourself having all of the ingredients to a dish within your pantry and you just didn't know about it start to finish this dish will come together in about 30 minutes between prep and cook time so for this pasta, we will need six large shallots. We will be slicing them very thinly. So as I mentioned before, my new family, the Allium family. This <laughs> is This is Megano <laughs> <is> Allium. <Megan-o-allium>. Um, <laughs> I made it the Allium family Irish. We love to see it. So within the Allium family, you have garlic, scallions, leeks, chives, and Chinese onions. These are just like the powerhouses of a dish. The things that, if you ask me, impart the most flavor into your dishes. When people say they can't eat garlic or onion, I pray for them. I pray they will get better. And I also don't want them coming over for a dinner party at my house. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I cannot lie. Shallots have varying colors. They can go from yellowy to white or you know a pinky purpley color which is just a stunning color beyond the delicious flavor I just love colors and that's one of the things I love about food and cooking in general is that it's literally a feast for your eyes especially when you're cooking with lots of beautiful vegetables when it comes to shallots though the rule of thumb is generally the pinker the better which that's kind of the way I live my life. Shallots are either sold separately, where you could kind of find them in the bin near the onions in the grocery store, or you can oftentimes find them in like a tiny little mesh bag and they'll have about three of them. So for this one, we're looking for large shallots. And there's always a little bit of confusion when people start cooking with shallots because if you look at a shallot, each bulb is considered a single shallot. However, when you open up the bulb and you take off the waxy paper on the outside... You'll notice that there might be 2 or 3 cloves of shallots within the one shallot. So, whatever the one shallot you're holding is, that regardless of how many cloves are in there is one shallot. But shallots can be a little tricky because they do vary in size based on many different things. So, use your best judgment. This calls for 6 large shallots. But if you have a couple of them that are a little tiny, double up. So, Two small shallots equal one large shallot. Again, this doesn't have to be uber scientific. Use your best judgment. If it's a recipe that will require you to have three cups of shallots, then go rogue. I don't know how many that is, but at least you can have that basis. Her saying six large shallots gives you a little bit of freedom. If you only have five, you're fine. If you only have four massive ones, you should be good. You know, don't be too hard on yourself if you don't have six perfect large shallots. And when it comes to storing your shallots, as long as you purchase them fresh, you could store them very well for several months. You'll ideally want to keep them in a dark, cold room, but if you're going to put them in your fridge, just kind of loosely wrap them in some paper towels just so that they don't absorb the refrigerator's moisture, which our fridges are full of tons of moisture. You probably don't realize this. And that's one of the reasons why your produce will go bad really fast because they've been soaking up the moisture that's just naturally within the refrigerator. Shallots are amazing. They've really elevated my everyday cooking and I really started using them when I started being interested in French cuisine and I've never looked back. Shallots for president. We will also need 5 garlic cloves. We'll do 4 thinly sliced and 1 finely chopped. This is one of those moments that require you to read the full recipe before you jump into it. Again, if you mince them all like I automatically do, I see 5 garlic cloves and my brain just minces them all. If you mince them all fine, but She says four thinly sliced, one finely chopped. So if you're going to do it right, do it right. So we're going to need a fourth of a cup of olive oil. We have a little salt and pep. We have some red pepper flakes, about a teaspoon. And then we have a what I consider a pantry staple. But evidently, this ingredient divides families, lovers, friends. It's basically like talking about sex, religion or politics at the Thanksgiving dinner table. And that is anchovies. This recipe will require one two ounce can of anchovy fillets. It's the cute little can that you'll see at the store, which has about 12 of them in there. They will usually be packed within oil, so we're going to want to drain out the oil. Oil will still be in there, as it should. It's delicious golden oil, but we don't need it all in the recipe. There is definitely a forward anchovy taste to this dish. Again, we are taking chances here at the Home Cook's Guide. We are elevating our palates. If you're a little bit wary about using anchovies, maybe go with half. In the two-ounce can, like I mentioned, you get about 12. So maybe just do about six. It doesn't have to be crazy. Baby steps, people. Baby steps. And the delicious thing about anchovies is that it's a very nuanced flavor that again when you start cooking more you'll start noticing it little do you people know the anchovy that has been put into foods that you've enjoyed but then when people find out there's an anchovy in there it's like freaking world war three and I'm and I'm again I'm sick of it I'm sick of the slander (laughs) so if you don't end up using your full can or if you had a larger kind of jar of anchovies they can last in your fridge for up to two months but again put all 12 in there. Live a little. And if you don't like it, keep it to yourself. I don't care. (laughs) And then from there, we are going to need 4.5 ounce tube or six ounce can of tomato paste, which is about a half a cup to three fourths of a cup. Tomato paste, the bane of everybody's existence. Every person I know who has ever cooked has bought a tiny little can of tomato paste and ends up throwing out the rest of it because they use whatever a tablespoon two tablespoons and then it just dies in your fridge and on this show we do not like things dying in the fridge we don't like things dying in general but definitely not tomato paste so what I generally do and suggest to people is going to the grocery store and even looking for it when it's on sale because again this is like a specialty item and you're not always going to need it but I cook a lot of Italian food so unfortunately I do need it what you can do is find a 28 ounce jar of tomato paste again you might be like 28 ounces of tomato paste am i really gonna ever need that but what i generally do is i put it in the freezer so you take the 28 ounce can you put it into a tupperware and put it into your freezer and from there you could take out a scoop as you need it and let it sit on your counter for 10 minutes while you're prepping other ingredients and by the time you're ready to actually cook with it it's going to be thawed, and ready to go. Even if it has a little bit of frost on it from the freezer, that's fine. It'll heat up really quickly in the pan or whatever you're cooking with. It's a more cost-effective way than buying a little can every time you have to use it for a tablespoon, and you also end up always having it in the freezer. But if you guys don't even know what tomato paste is, it's basically a thick paste made by cooking tomatoes for many, many hours, and you're reducing the water content that's within it. After that point, you will straight out the seeds and the skins of the tomato itself, and then you'll end up cooking those tomatoes even longer to reduce it to a really thick rich concentrated tomato paste it's delicious and again it's another somewhat affordable pantry staple or i guess in this case freezer staple that would elevate dishes and again you'll be seeing in a lot of the recipes i cook here so if you are following this show like the goddamn bible as you should be should i be saying goddamn before i talk about the bible we'll unpack that next episode If you're going to be cooking through the recipes that I make on this show, you will be needing tomato paste. So get the 28-ounce jar. Honestly, you'll probably find the 28-ounce jar is cheaper than the small little whatever, 6-ounce can. Then we will need 10 ounces of pasta. Allison, my girl Allison. She's always up to her old tricks. An average box of pasta is 1 pound, 16 ounces. This recipe calls for 10 ounces of pasta, which is annoying. So, you know, take out a little less than half, and put the pasta aside. There will be extras of the shallot paste that we'll be making, so you could use that, those additional six ounces of pasta for the next day's pasta, or go rogue and use all of the paste that she's making in this recipe and do all 16 ounces. Sometimes that really matters, especially when you're dealing with like a carbonara. If they tell you certain ounces of pasta, don't mess around with the ounces, because you will find that the ratio of pasta to sauce just isn't there. And what... (laughs) I could honestly cry. There is nothing worse than when there's not enough sauce for your pasta. I have, I have been there too many times to shepherd you into that horrible, horrible state of mind. For this pasta, I ended up using Fuzili lunghi, which is like a cute little squiggly long pasta. It looks like a bunch of worms or brains or something. It's delicious, but you could use spaghetti. You could use bucatini, fettuccine. I mean, you could use angel hair, but I honestly think that should just be taken off the shelves entirely. I'm sick of angel hair. Honestly, the more I think about it as I'm shitting on it right now, I think stay away from angel hair on this because as we get into the cooking process, you'll notice that It'll require a little bit of elbow grease while you're kind of emulsifying the shallot paste with pasta water. So we don't want a pasta that's super, super sensitive, super delicate like an angel hair. But again, if, if you have penne pasta in your pantry, if you've got a freaking rigatoni, ever, anything's fine. It, it's all carbs and it's all going to the same place. Just enjoy your pasta. Then we'll have some parsley. Everybody knows parsley. And then some flaky sea salt. So again, because this recipe is pretty pantry heavy you're not going to have that much food waste which is lovely that's our favorite we'll obviously have the ends of the garlic and shallots and parsley and all those things can go directly into your compost bin for a future stock or just regular compost, whatever. But we can compost that. Everything else, yeah, pretty much one and done. Those pesky little anchovies, they can live in your fridge for about two months, even if you don't want to use them all. I would suggest putting the little can into a Ziploc bag and then putting it into your fridge because you will get the smell of an anchovy when you open up that fridge if you do not cover it. I have been burned. I've been burned too many times with an open can of anchovies in my fridge and a really upset boyfriend disgusted by the smell of our fridge. Anyways, I digress. Let's jump right into the cooking process the most fun part of all of this so before we really start we're going to want to take that parsley that we've chopped both of the leaves and the stems because the stems are deliciously edible as well as the garlic clove and we're going to put that into a little bowl with a little salt and pepper and mix it together this is kind of like her little topping on top of the pasta. Alison Roman is known for doing very cute things on top of pasta this is one of them and you might think it's frivolous you might say well can't I just put cheese (laughs) of course you can put cheese we will get there if you're a little bit "Eh," about eating raw garlic because it's with the parsley and the salt and pepper the salt will have time to remove some of that bite to the garlic so again trust the process people Before we do anything, we just wanna make sure we have a pot on the stove full of salted water so that we could throw the pasta in as soon as it starts boiling. So let's get into the real cooking process. We've got our little parsley mixture to the left. We won't be touching that until the end, so that could just sit pretty. And so for this one, I usually like to cook pasta in a Dutch oven. If you don't have a Dutch oven, you could use any type of pan you have that will allow for the mixture to be made, but also pasta to be put into it. Dutch ovens are amazing they're incredibly versatile. I use it pretty much every other day. It's always in the sink needing to be washed, which is always a good sign that you're cooking delicious things. But the Dutch oven will allow you to have the high walls on the side so that when we are using, as I keep mentioning, the elbow grease to kind of emulsify that pasta water and the shallot paste, we're going to want to be able to like get a little messy with it. So if the pan that you're using has short sides you're gonna have to be a little bit more delicate so i suggest a dutch oven again this is a investment piece of course you could go with the Le Creuset route i'm a Le Creuset addict i would say over the last few years i've been collecting their beautiful products uh and their dutch oven is just one of a kind but you could go to marshall's tj maxx any other place and get a perfect dutch oven that is perfect for you and your family for like 25 bucks so Make that investment. It could go from stovetop into the oven as well. I I mean, it's a twofer, baby. So we're going to put the olive oil into the bottom of this large Dutch oven. From there, we will add shallots and our thinly sliced garlic. And we'll season with salt and pepper. And so from there, again, it's just the most delicious smell in the world. I don't think I'll ever get over the smell of garlic and shallots and onions sautéing. I don't know. It's reminiscent of my childhood... It gives me such a simple pleasure that reminds me, oh, yeah, I'm nourishing myself. I'm feeding my family. I'm feeding my friends. I'm feeding myself. And I'm taking a moment to kind of reflect on the day. I I don't know why why cooking garlic and onions make me feel like I'm like maybe going to cry and maybe I should go to therapy for this. Again, we'll unpack it next episode. But it's just the best smell in the world. So you'll be cooking that for about 15 to 20 minutes. And we're going to want to be making sure that we're watching the heat and watching things as they're going. We're going to want these to be completely softened and caramelized on the edges with, you know, little golden brown fried edges. Garlic burns very quickly, though. So we do want to make sure that the heat isn't too high and that we're monitoring the garlic in particular Uh, shallots will naturally caramelize and get darker and that's okay we want it to get darker because darkness in this type of way means delicious flavor but it could teeter to burn very quickly so again we want to be making sure we're watching it stirring it occasionally this will become more of like a thick paste it is not pretty 15 to 20 minutes of that from there we will then add in the red pepper flakes and the anchovies and anchovies like i was saying are amazing and they're kind of magical as well because you don't have to chop them up you don't even have to really touch them you could take it out of the can with a fork and dangle off the oil you don't even have to touch it with your hands and you don't have to chop it because they will dissolve on their own into the mix again this is the smells that you're going to be wanting all of a sudden it's just a new smell profile coming into your kitchen oh my god it's amazing How many times will I say it's amazing in this episode? (laughs) So we'll be doing that for about two minutes. And then from there, we'll add the tomato paste and then we'll season with salt and pepper. And so the tomato paste at this point is going to make everything like clumpy and gross. And you're going to be thinking, Megan, why would you suggest this recipe to me? This looks disgusting. It smells questionable because I hate anchovies. What am I doing? Keep up with it. We're going to be basically making a shallot tomato paste. You're gonna keep stirring it and you're gonna want that tomato paste to brown a little bit because if it doesn't, it might have that like acidic little bite to it. So we're gonna wanna make sure that the tomato paste itself caramelizes at the edges and goes from a bright red to that deeper, rich brick colored red. Take about two or three minutes. And again, it's not gonna look good. It's gonna smell good, but it's not gonna look good. And Pro tip: Don't try it at this point Don't Don't try it You have to trust the process From there you're going to take it off the heat And at this point she suggests Taking about half that mixture and putting it into A container again if you're cooking the whole 16 ounces of pasta you're going to want to use The whole thing if you're going to follow her rules Take half and put it in your Fridge in a resealable container And you could use it for other things we will talk About that later We've got our pace it's sitting off heat all it needs is pasta. Then at this point, you have boiled your water, you've added salt, you've added your pasta, it's bubbling, it's ready. So at this point, we're going to want to be cooking our pasta al dente, which basically means it's just cooked to be firm to the bite. So you want it to be a little bit firm. You don't want it to be fully cooked and fully squishy and delicious because we are going to be taking this pasta and directly putting it into the Dutch oven with some of that pasta water. So at this point, we're not gonna to wanna to use your basic colander. We're going to just want to claw the pasta out from the pasta water and put it directly into the Dutch oven. And we're gonna to wanna to do that and we're gonna be wanting to take some of that pasta water with us. We also are going to wanna to take about a cup or two cups of pasta cooking liquid. Evidently, the world loves to talk about this pasta water being like the nectar of the gods. And I have to agree with them. Pasta water is full of the starches from the pasta that have come out while it's been cooking. And so this pasta water will really help to bind and thicken any kind of sauce that you're making. The addition of pasta water will help emulsify the sauce into this creamy, non-greasy coating, which really elevates your pasta. If you've ever wondered why you go to restaurants and say, oh my God, this pasta is so glossy and thin on this noodle. It's just delicious. That's what they're doing. They've emulsified the sauce that they're making, or in this case, this shallot paste that we're making with this starchy liquid and they've mixed and mixed and mixed and mixed and mixed this is the elbow that I've been talking about if you have tennis elbow you cannot be uh, you cannot be doing this people you'll really hurt yourself (laughs) no you won't but you're definitely gonna have to put your back into it and so at this point we've got our pasta in the dutch oven we've got our shallow paste on the bottom and at this point we're going to want to put it back onto like medium high heat whatever and we're going to pour about a cup and if you feel like it needs a little bit more eventually a little bit more of that pasta water and we're just going to stir and stir and stir and stir and stir and stir and stir stir. so at this point you could use a wooden spoon you could use tongs you could use whatever utensil you feel confident using and you're going to stir 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 you're going to want to make that paste into a sauce with the use of the pasta water and you're gonna stir, 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 stir. And because the pasta that we took out was al dente, which means generally about two minutes before whatever the box says the cooking time is. So let's say it's 11 minutes. We're gonna take it out at nine minutes. And so that pasta will finish cooking in that shalloty paste with the yummy pasta water. I hope this is making sense because as I'm talking about it, uh, uh, my mouth is watering. I'm like, uh, I've completely transported myself back into the kitchen and I'm making this dish. I might make it right after this. I have every ingredient. Again, it's a pantry pasta. So I have everything needed. Do I have six shallots? Unfortunately, I probably do. But at this point, you've probably been stirring for two, three minutes. And you're starting to see this thick, delicious, glossy, reddish pasta coming together. You will be smiling because it will smell amazing. You're also like, what the hell is this going to taste like? She told me not to taste the paste. At this point, you could slurp up a spaghetti and get the taste. And you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. This deliciously caramelized, deep flavor with little notes of anchovies just to give it a little bit of like an umami saltiness. And you will be so thrilled. At this point, we're going to put it into our bowls to serve our friends and family. From there, you can add cheese on top. <laughs> Obviously, parmigiano, grana padano, pecorino, whatever kind of hard cheese you have, even a ricotta salada if you're a fancy bitch. Which, again, I'm, I'm hoping you guys will become that and understand more about these funky cheeses. And again, trying new things. And again, we're not talking about parmesan from the green little container thing we're talking about a hunk of parmesan again we will get there on a parmesan heavy episode and we'll discuss everything there is to know about parmesan which is just there's just so much to learn and i'm learning you guys are learning we're learning together but who doesn't want to know more about cheese (laughs) crickets crickets anyone in my life nobody But we'll get there. We have the cheese if you want it. And then we're going to put our little parsley, garlic, salt and pepper mixture on top of everything. And then we're going to dig in. And you are going to truly love this pasta. It comes together so quickly. It's delicious. It's not that unhealthy. I mean, come on. There's nothing in this that screams unhealthy to me. And if you're going to come at me and say real pasta is bad for you, I'm going to say, you know, you and your chickpea pasta can go shove it. (laughs) <laughs> you could use whatever kind of pasta you like. I should have said that before. Chickpea, lentil, whatever you need to sleep well at night. The exciting part about it is that you also get a little bit of that little paste left over if you didn't end up using the full pound of pasta. So Allison has suggested you could obviously use it in another batch of pasta. You could use it to smear on roasted veggies, but she also suggested putting it with eggs. And so what I like to do is take some crunchy bread the next day, slather that yummy toasted bread with the shallot paste, and crack a fried egg on top. You will not regret this. It's absolutely delicious. I will say, though, as someone who loves their new listeners and who respects people and their journeys, if you're new to your anchovy journey, this paste is very anchovy heavy. So you will get the flavor profile. You will get that when you're eating it isolated out of a pasta without the pasta water and all of the other fixins that we put on the pasta. So if you're new to your anchovy journey, I would say maybe just make this into another batch of the pasta the next day versus, you know, throwing it onto some toast and eating it with an egg because you will get the fishy flavor. You will not want to be kissed for at least two hours and you will have to brush your teeth at least twice. But has that ever stopped me? Absolutely not. Well, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please reach out and let me know if you've made the recipe. Do you love it? Do you hate it? Am I totally off the mark? What the hell was she thinking with this recipe? Who knows? Who cares? If you have any suggestions for future recipes, shoot me an email at megan at the hcgpodcast.com and please tune in next week and thank you so much for listening. Bye. Thanks for listening to The Home Cook's Guide. If you're loving the show, Leave me a five-star rating and a glowing review. You can also follow me on social media at the HCG Podcast, or shoot me an email at megan at thehcgpodcast.com. And let's not forget, I spell my name the right way, M-E-G-A-N. Got any good recipes? Send them my way, please. And be sure to tune in every week for more delicious recipes.